Hang on. Hang on. Halt. This might be a podcast. Before we get started with the episode, we've got a mailbag to attend to. First, our good friend, Jonathan Leonard. Hey, Greg. This is Jonathan calling. Uh, Just wanted to let you know I'm a little bit behind, but I'm just listening right now to the Extra Savoir Faire episode. And uh, about a minute and 28 seconds in, which is definitely the quickest in any episode that I felt compelled to call you, but uh, you were mentioning there might be giant songs uh, with uh, French in the title besides that one, and you did mention Stone Cold Coup d'etat. Um, technically, uh, Contra Coup has uh, French origins, even though it's the same in English as well, uh, but the one that you were definitely trying to think of and was probably on the tip of your tongue as, uh, I guess, your resident, uh, the spine lover, uh, you were thinking of Au Contraire, you square. Uh, anyways, love the show as always. Bye. Thanks, Jonathan. That, yes, it was on the tip of my tongue. Thank you for getting it uh, out of my mouth there. <laughs> and then further on into the episode, Jonathan calls again. Hey, Greg. This is Jonathan once again uh, calling with an extra Savoir Faire. Um, heard you take your little dig at fish. Uh fuck off on all that, uh, but I will make a point that it, uh, he was probably assigned a producer because he definitely was a firmly a producer of Electra because at that same time, Fish was also signed to Electra and did their album Hoist. Uh, so that little bit of trivia for anybody where somehow... You like the shortest of music and the longest of music. I don't know how many people are in that Venn diagram with me, but anyways, still love the show. Bye. Yeah, sorry about that, Jonathan, but hey, there's someone else in that Venn diagram with you. Chris called with some more thoughts on uh, Fish and Paul Fox. Hey, Greg, this is Chris Connaughton. I just finished the Extra Savoir Fair episode, and I had a couple comments about Paul Fox. You mentioned how... Uh, you started to come around to the feeling that he did the band no favors when he produced John Henry and also went through some of his other credits, including, reluctantly, Fish. Well, as a Fish fan, I'd like to let you know that the album he produced, Hoist, also came out in 1994 and is uh, regarded by Fish fans generally as an overproduced mess of an album that includes a lot of really good songs. And so it seems like uh, Paul Fox was the guy that Electra brought in to try and help their quirky bands get on the radio and have some mainstream success back in 94 when they still cared about trying to get these bands to get uh, on the radio, basically. And so uh, 
his album with Fish is not well regarded for with fans but for some of the same reasons. There was actually a story about how their drummer, uh, Fish's drummer, John Fishman, yes, their drummer is actually named Fishman, uh, was beaten down by Fox so much that he finally agreed to play a song with snares on the two and the four, even though that's the last thing he wants to do, because he's generally a very creative guy who doesn't go with the standard beat all the time. So, on the other hand, in doing my research to try and find some actual quotes about him for this call, I discovered that Paul Fox was uh, diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's back in 2013. So, probably shouldn't be too mean to the guy, but just wanted to give you some more trivia on that particular situation. Thanks. Thanks, fellas, for calling in. Anybody can call in at 224-801-2930. And now on with the show. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, It's about the Simpsons sometimes, um, but it's supposed to be about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. And I'm your host, Craig Simpson, and I'm here with uh, with a friend that I knew before the podcast. Uh, there should be, like, you know, like, before Christ and, and after Christ. But wow. it'd be, like, before the podcast, after the podcast. So, like, you're, like, B, yeah, BP, before <laughs> podcast, right? I mean, I was doing podcasts, but not this one. So we've got... <laughs> In the year uh, of our podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 2021, the year of our Lord... Uh, John and John, our lords, right? Okay. <laughs> the father, the father, and it's Jesse Harris uh, from uh, originally from Columbus, Indiana. That's where we met, I think. We'll yeah. talk about all that kind of stuff. We're gonna talk about. Uh, we're gonna record till our heads fall off because this is till my head falls off off of factory showroom. <laughs> I was saying, I'm like, oh, from Columbus, Indiana. I'm like, wait, are you really from Columbus, Indiana? Did you grow up there? Uh, I grew up in Columbus, yeah. It was like the cornfield adjacent to Columbus, um, Hartsville, which our claim to fame was the Hartsville College that had, like, I guess the Wright brothers, like, dad was a professor or something there, but the college burned down. Yeah, but that's it. The college burned down when they flew a plane into it, an early plane, (laughs) and just caught fire the whole place. Yeah, <laughs> this and one building we, college. We didn't meet in Bloomington originally. We we met because no, we met out, in Columbus, right? Right, yeah, because outdoor because velour. Shows. Yeah. yeah, and so I went to school in Bloomington, but you and I didn't know each other like in that time. So it was when after. did you go to school in Bloomington? I I graduated in uh, two thousand eight. Okay, yeah, because yeah. we moved there in two thousand five. That's yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's it was weird. always weird. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, because so I mean, people have learned a lot about me over the podcast, but it's all kind of twisted around because depending on who the guest is, like we'll talk about, you know, bullshit and like I try not to have too many inside jokes or whatever that nobody would understand. But you know, you kind of like, you know, oh, this is my friend where we talk half in Simpsons quotes. So then, like that'll start happening, you know, that kind of thing. And so yeah, so I lived in Bloomington. I mean, everyone knows I'm originally from Chicago, um, Burbs, Northwest Burbs, and then I followed Kara to Bloomington when she started her masters in 2005. So I had taught for two years in Chicago. I was two two years ahead of her in at Augustana in Rock Island, and so then I taught for two years in Melrose Park, Illinois, near Chicago, the proper, and then followed car down to Bloomington I proposed that summer and then we we had got our first apartment and we got married uh today is our 15th wedding anniversary what and you're doing uh, this it's noon you know we've got a, a big dinner <laughs> no we're, we're gonna record scheduled. till our heads fall off right exactly right until car is like hey our dinner reservation is for 6 30 and I'm like oh wait we've been recording for six hours whoops uh yeah <laughs> yeah we're actually going out to like this uh like the most as classy as Lafayette can get, McGraw's Steakhouse. Oh, uh, it's like on the river. It's on the the beautiful brown Wabash River. Um, always, you know, good for swimming if you want to get infections and stuff, you know, and, and catch some some crawfish that are just like terrier or not crawfish. I mean, uh, uh, what do you call it? catfish that will like eat your arm off? Um, yeah, you're more where crawfish would be. You, you got that kind of shit there? Or is that more like... Uh, wait. We got everything, man. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff. I love yeah. seafood. And we are landlocked. Just like an awesome record store in Bloomington. But yeah, so I was down in uh, Bloomington. is really hard to get teaching gigs because... Yeah. And especially specials areas. Because like the artsy-fartsy mm-hmm. types come to Bloomington for their education and stay in Bloomington because that's where all the weirdos can thrive and the art scene's great and the music of every genre is there the lotus you know like international music festivals there you know every year um jazz stuff i mean the orchestra the opera the ballet like everything is great there uh music wise so like music teachers you know jacob school of music is pumping out these teachers like i lived in the same you know when we bought our condo then a couple years later in 2007 2008 um we lived in the same condo development as like the head of elementary music education. I ended up taking a few uh, classes from and super nice uh, Brent. Um, and so that was, but I was driving all the way to Jennings County, which so there's Monroe County. You go straight East, you hit Bartholomew County, which is where that's where yeah. Nashville, Nashville, Indiana is, which is obviously the lesser Nashville, but they have the little Opry, which burned down. And I don't know if it got rebuilt. You know, there's some arsonists going through there, like burning down these A-frame houses and shit for a couple of years. There it was pretty wacky. You know, I'd be driving back to school in August and I'd be like, didn't there used to be a house there? <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah. Burned down. Another house burned down. And beautiful Brown County State Park is over there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So I go, yeah, Monroe County, Brown County, Bartholomew County into Jennings County. I was going into like four, crossing four counties five days a week. And I would go through Columbus, which is in Bartholomew County. And this is all very interesting. We do have a lot of Indiana listeners. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, cool. that's good. That's We're how, just regaling them with all the counties is, of the fine, fine state. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did our last live episode right before everything shut down. 
Uh, last February 2020, we did the They'll Need a Crane live episode at the Bishop in Bloomington. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I had a friend come down from Michigan, but then I got a friend in Terre Haute. I know some people in Bloomington, Indianapolis. Um, people traveled a little bit. Yeah. Um, shout out to my fellow Hoosiers. We got Tara Trade, who just moved to Valparaiso from New York City. You know, just, <laughs> you know, step up, right? Brooklyn <laughs> stepping up to Valparaiso, Indiana. What, 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 what? Uh, Terre Haute, yeah, Dana Williamson, uh, Michael, or no, Benjamin Michaels in Fort Wayne, a couple people in Indy, Sonia Rousseau in Bloomington. So, yeah, there's a lot of Hoosiers that, like, you know, they play Indianapolis. They've played the Bluebird. I saw them at the Bluebird on the Else Tour, uh, and it was fantastic. I wish they traveled with horns because, like, Withered Hope, man, such a good <laughs> song. Sad sack, bum, 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 bum. Uh, and I met you because I was going to, well, first I met, um, Jarrett, Noel, who, uh, and Kyle, yep. who, um, wait, Kyle? Yeah. Kyle. They had a started... little record store. Uh-huh. And I'm already forgetting. Wait, what was it called? Something. De- ab- what was it? What? De- die high, die high, high, die. Yeah, die high. It was yeah. like DIY, hi-fi, I don't know. No, die high, I think. Die high. Yeah, die high records. <laughs> Little, almost exclusively vinyl shop in Columbus, Indiana, because that's where a vinyl shop can thrive in the year 2006 and seven, or whatever that was, right? Uh, so it all it didn't last all that long. I don't know if how long they kept it open, two years, and then those two moved to Bloomington. But our first shows were at The Fork. On Main Street in Columbus. Where I wash dishes after getting my degree, so. (laughs) Yep. It was a good restaurant, you know, like Buffalo Burgers, kind of stuff. Like Ryan Hatton, I met Ryan Hatton there. You know, he was a cook there for a while. We played the Fork a couple of times. uh, When Cara and I, the first time we played with a live drummer, we were the Poppy Seeds, our Jesus and Mary Chain cover band that Mm -hmm. played, played just three shows around Halloween, you know. It was the only time I've shaved off my mustache in the past, like, 15 years. Um well, I didn't have it when we got married, so maybe like 12 years. Uh, I've had it for quite a while. Shaved it for that so I could be Jim Reed. She teased my hair. You know, we had Greg Moore as our drummer. And so we played our very first Columbus shows. There were some of our very first out-of-town shows other than mm-hmm. Indy and Chicago was Columbus. And most people would be like, Columbus, Indiana. Like, you know, why don't you go to Columbus, Ohio? That's the real one. <laughs> Nashville, Indiana. Why don't you go to Nashville, Tennessee, right? We've got all these, like, fake, you know, we've got, like, Versailles and all these... Brazil, India, Peru, Indiana, all these weird ones. And we played the Fork. Uh, no, I believe maybe we played our warm-up show, like an acoustic show at Die High. And then yeah, walked that, down a couple blocks across the street to the Fork and played electric. Because they would do with, that a lot. Yeah, there was a lot yeah, of shows where they would, there'd be like an acoustic yeah. set. And then like two or three hours later, there'd be like a, a full you know full band kind of mm-hmm. after, after the restaurant closed. I believe the person we played the acoustic show with, and I could probably find this on our Facebook page or something in the info, but we played with, who is the guy who then does like mostly screen printing and art stuff now? I think he did acoustic stuff. Matt, oh. Matt, was it Matt Rust or? Yes, yeah. Matthew Rust. Uh-huh. And then we went across the street, did the fork later, electric and loud, and I believe we played with, um, psh, uh, was it, wait. It was, probably my was, it teen, was it Teen Idols? Uh, but not Ian McKay's Ian McKay's Teen Idols. It was wasn't didn't um ah oh, didn't Rex have a band called Teen something? To, uh, Pretty sure it was with pop, Rex's band at the time. He, he was in like the he was in the post teens. 
Post teens. Uh, that's yeah, the one. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think we played with them because they were like a pop punk band, but you can't be picky when you're playing Columbus, Indiana because you guys only had like no, anything three, goes. three bands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's why I loved it. So I want to come and play Columbus again, and you're not there right now. I mean, I'd love to play Florida. I've had a couple of friends who are like, come to Florida. And I'm like, touring to Florida is weird because like you head down there and then you're kind of stuck in Florida. <laughs> like you can't just go through Florida. You right. know, I mean, you can go across the top, but yeah. Um, but Columbus was great and for anyone who is in a band and is about to maybe do their first tour you know coming out of covid you know booking stuff for the late summer fall or whatever go to the small towns the best most well i guess qualifying best like some of the most fun shows outdoor velour and meet and other bands have ever played have been in columbus indiana like in you know some girl's basement who was like wait you're doing a show here like yep move out of the way here's the pa system we're coming through yeah <laughs> you know, i remember those three girls that lived in a house and like oh yeah we're doing a show here and you know hatton's like sliding across the concrete basement floor because there's beer all over it um columbus yeah playing like the little little bars and houses uh stuff like waterloo iowa like the little bars there bismarck north dakota like these are the fun shows because they're towns where nothing else is going yeah. on there. They want, they need something. Give me, entertain yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's not, not only are there no other shows. Like you play a show in Chicago, there's a there's dozens of shows going on within like a walking distance of that bar or venue. You even in Bloomington, like there's going to be at least three shows every Friday and Saturday night, and they're all going to be pretty decent and worth going to. And you might go to them had you not had your own show. So there's so much competition, but you go to Columbus, and it's like this is the only show we've had this month, and <laughs> everybody comes. Like just all the riffraff just come out of the woodwork, and like I've met so many fun derelicts down there. <laughs> there's just so many fun people that just come out. And they're like. We'd be getting wasted anyway, but now that we're at a punk show, and like Outdoor Velour was never punk, but we were loud enough that you guys accepted us, and our songs were weird enough that you like, you y'all latched onto it enough to where we kept coming back, and yeah. it was so fun. And Doppelpopolis played there once a couple years ago when we did our little, like five show tour. Um, we went down just for that, and then came back and played indie or something, um, and it was super fun. You had already moved away, but we played with. Um, the Razor Ramones, who I recorded oh, yeah. here at the studio. Um, supposed to be released on a 7-inch. Never was. Those four songs are fantastic. Um, hard times, especially as going. And so you set us up a show in literally an alley. It was the alley. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was, was an it al- called Friendship Alley Friend, Friendship Alley, yeah. And it had a... Yeah, uh, explain so that. It's, a, it's an alley that apparently has... I'd have to look it up, but there's like a sister alley in japan Mm -hmm. and they're like they're you know kept maintained the same way um but we got permission from the like arts council and the mayor's office to like have have some kind of music thing going on there and yeah and i just a little place i I think they were picturing like hey some guy's gonna sit there with an acoustic guitar or whatever right didn't (laughs) did you open or someone played before us right or was it just us i played i played a couple times but i I don't know. With I think you, you. I think you guys were the loudest that of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it was still just the two of us. But like, we probably weren't as loud as usual because of we were just in this like uh, you know a brick hallway essentially, you know. And there were cool murals on the wall, and, like little planters and nice benches and stuff. Like they, you know, it wasn't like an alley with dumpsters in it and you know a bunch of garbage <laughs> water, you know, running into drains. 
Uh, so it was super fun. And I remember something happening where you had to like run home and get your bass amp to plug in stuff. Cause like the PA situation, I think there might've only been one speaker, but our backing tracks were stereo. So like a bunch of stuff wasn't coming through. Like we were only getting the one channel. Wow. We're like, wait, where's the keyboards? We were doing like sound check. We're like, where's the keyboards? Oh, it's in the left channel. We don't have a left channel right now. So I think we worked it out or we just went mono. We figured out a way to go mono with an adapter or something like that. Just And uh, it ended up being awesome. Like that was always one of those things about being a duo where it's like we'd go to shows and we had like a million backup things. Like our first, our very first show is actually in Indianapolis at uh, um, this little collective that's long been shut down, the dojo. Oh, yeah. And it <laughs> the was dojo. just this. Yeah, the dojo. Like we <laughs> show up so early. We're so excited that the gate is still over. Like it's in one of those neighborhoods where they gate everything. So people aren't breaking the windows for whatever reason. Not that there was anything in there. It was an empty room with a PA system. So I guess people could have stolen that. But then we found out that the mixing board was in the back of the room and they did not have aux inputs or something. So, like, we had burned a CD of, like, our six songs that we knew at the time. And for the backing tracks, we burned a CD as a backup. And I think that's the only time we've used it was our very first show because... They didn't have any way to plug our iPod in. <laughs> we just had the set on a CD with like 20 seconds of silence between. And it just ran through the CD and we played along. You know, each backing track had clicks and then it was me drumming and Car and I played guitar and bass. And it went great. It was super fun. And uh, the rest is history. We've played over 100 shows and been together for 10 years. Uh, and are now a five piece. So That's what are awesome. you doing musically? Like we'll get the team BG, you know, eventually, but tell people real quick, why don't you plug your shit up front and then we could play even clips of stuff at the end. So what? just give a quick plug and then we'll get to your team BG story. What? I think I say we've I reminisced doing? enough about small town or medium town. Columbus has a lot of cool architecture people. If you're in architecture, you should go take the architecture tour. We've done it. My dad loved it. They got cool bridges and some uh, famous architects have done stuff there. Um, w uh, what's your project called now that you're doing like your solo stuff under? What are you calling it now? Uh, so I was, it was Possum Glory um, for a while. That was like kind of my acoustic-y like cow punk stuff. Um, yeah. I, I basically kept that project going long enough down here to get on the radio. And then, nice. and I was like success so i quit uh <laughs> and then um but i've been i've been making music under um like dark ambient drone synth yeah. dungeon stuff uh with a little bit a little bit hip-hop a little bit of black metal a little bit of whatever i feel like uh called horrendous acts so horrendous acts that's the one yeah, you sent me horrendous last. Acts, yeah i can't remember what the one was that you were playing to record here and then ended up not that would that was what became possum glory yeah and i think i, yeah. I recorded about eight songs officially I recorded about eight songs and I just couldn't really get it to it, it literally was like my rhythm section want ad I wanted to like hey yeah. I, got, I got these great songs someone be in a band with me <laughs> and and yeah. it just, it just <laughs> never worked that's that's so funny like in Bloomington the opposite happened to me because there's a million musicians there but when we moved like I wasn't even on Facebook yet like Carl was but like 2005 you know, because you originally had to have an EDU email account to get on Facebook right mm -hmm. in the beginning. And the kids were like, what? I don't even, you know, I don't oh, remember Facebook. that. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't, fuck Facebook. That's for old people. And, you know, that is true. Um, but kind of have to be to promote your shit sometimes. And uh, if you got dumb hobbies like we do, it's kind of a necessary evil. But anyway, um, 
So I didn't know where the cool places were or who the cool people were, and we just kind of hung out. And um, and then I was like, I miss drumming. It's been like a full year since I drummed in a band. So like the second year we lived down there, I put out flyers, which is, you know, sometimes you'll see these hilarious flyers in Lafayette where it's almost like you take pity on like it's some yeah. some young, some teenager who's like, I've got a band, but I need a drummer, a bassist, and a singer. I'm like, so you're some guy with a guitar. Right. So it's like it's kind of like that. And, you know, so I made one that had the little pull tabs and everything. Old school something, you know, George Costanza grabs one and puts it in his wallet and the wallet blows up because it's so full. Um, So like these little pull tabs that had my email on it at the time. And um, and it's like I'm a drummer who's been playing in bands for over a decade now in Chicago and I'm here. And these are my influences. And, you know, just trying to list like the coolest, most eclectic group of like cool bands that you know, shit like that. And I ended up like not, I mean, they probably would have called it auditions, but I had like my pick of the litter there. Cause it was like, you know, there's a shitload of musicians, but drummers are usually hard to get. Right. And sometimes they're in like three bands and the band I ended up in take Manhattan, that car I ended up being the basis for, we were the rhythm section. Uh, the guy, he was like, I thought it was a joke. I'm like a drummer that is looking for a band. Bands come to you yeah. as a drummer. <laughs> Drummers don't have to look for bands, but I'm like, I didn't know anybody. Cause I ended up, I, some band in indie found out about me and I drove up there and did some auditions. I remember my car tire blowing out while I had drums in the back and it was snowing. I was in Nashville, pulled into the McDonald's parking lot in Nashville to change a tire. I had to drag all my drums out into the snow to get to the spare in my hatchback that was hell and tried out for some band in uh, like bean blossom there's a uh, some oh it was a couple of dudes it would have been a better band name for uh uh like an all-girl band because it was um toxic shock syndrome <laughs> was the name of the band nice. and i was like that would be an awesome like riot girl band name <laughs> but for a couple of these dudes that were just like totally stupid and i was like no i will not play with you again and then some like Velvet Underground kind of loving band that was cool, but the guys were total just like drunks and kind of weird and not really cool in the right way. So I ended up in Take Manhattan, and uh, Carr and I went on the East Coast tour that went horribly wrong. But it, you know, silver lining was Outdoor Valor was born like two months later. Yeah, and we were playing shows like three months after that band officially disbanded. Because um, I pulled over a couple songs I was writing for that band and just made them more poppy. But so that was so cool in Columbus. Just like it was so fun out there. And I would love for you to, if you're ever coming through, the Spot Tavern in Lafayette is the perfect place for you to do either a cowpunk kind of thing or a crazy, dark, experimental, synthy, droney thing. Because either one would totally fly there because it's where all the weirdos go. And honestly, when I started going there, I'm like, where are the guitar bands? There's all these weird, like, avant-garde jazz ensembles where, like, you're running the <laughs> clarinet. A clarinet a guy who doesn't really know how to clarinet play the clarinet is running it through a distortion pedal and, and delay pedal. And some guy on the bass. Like, it's a clarinet and bass duo. You know, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like, or, like, synth stuff where a guy's got some, like, one of those synths that doesn't even have a keyboard where it's just, like, pumping electricity through and you're just twisting knobs and make a bunch of shit like you're not even worrying about notes like that kind of stuff so it would like they have more rock and roll and punk acts there now but anything goes so if you're coming through yeah you'd probably play with maybe Doppelpopolis would make more sense or i don't know outdoor alert like really again it's kind of like columbus you can kind of set off into little clicks and scenes but for the most part like this saturday Doppelpopolis, we're 
definitely a pop punk band that has a couple more hard hardcore kind of 80s kind of hardcore songs that are bassist things but we're playing with a couple of metal bands it's because our bassist metal band broke up <laughs> and so it's just like well how about my other band pay- plays so we're gonna play like our hardest fastest songs on saturday which we have a lot of them um but yeah you play with whoever right kind of like kind of like columbus so and like lafayette so um yeah so you should come up and visit and then maybe actually record something here you know like all in one day that'd be, that'd be fun <laughs> yeah exactly well it yeah. just didn't it just didn't it didn't uh it just didn't pan out the scheduling and all kinds of stuff before. So, and then I, I was like, I'm just going to do it myself, which was, I don't know how to do recording. I didn't know how to. So I got a little better at that. Um, once I, you get MIDI, like your keyboard there, I assume yeah. it has some MIDI capabilities there, the one next to you. What? Or you got another MIDI controller. I do. I, I thought you could yeah. like, I thought you could actually see in my room for a second. I was like, great. How'd you know my Akai is over here? So yeah, I can see over your right shoulder there. You got something. Yeah. Um, um, I got, I got the Akai MPK. Oh, let's I'm, take maybe. a picture. Hold on. I'm going to hold up a keyboard. Cause I didn't <laughs> shot of us yet. Let's both hold the keyboard. Cause I did with my brass dude. I held a French horn and a trombone and he held a trumpet and a, something else. Okay. Okay. Can I balance this? I don't know how to do this. Okay, I'm just taking a screenshot of us. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Three, two, one. I was licking mine. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and my That's awesome. Right there too. Yeah. So okay. you know, I, I I did the Possum Glory folky thing because it was like I had I had a cheap guitar. That was what I had. I uh, got it for like $40 and a song. I had to write a girl a song for it uh, to get it cheaper. And then that was all I had. And then I thought, well, I got a computer. I'm going to make some electronic music and kind of show people what it should sound like yeah. with a full band. And then it ended up twisting into like this kind of ambient stuff that like 20 minute tracks and no one ever listens to those. So uh, then I, I did. I, yeah. <laughs> like once a piece. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I got I got one song They're that's good. uh that's I took the Arecibo message uh like the the binary or whatever like the the actual uh-huh. Arecibo message they were pumping out into space until the until the yeah. thing crashed um yeah. and I took that and turned it into notes and then oh. time stretched those and so there's one song that's literally just that thing that whole message like on repeat over and over. How did uh, you convert it to notes? I just put it in like dropped it just in FL Studio just dropped it into. The, like, uh, but what was the message? I don't remember. It's like a picture. If you you can pull it up, it's like a picture of like basically a human and then like a spaceship on top of them, and it's like we come in peace or we're we want to eat you. We don't know, but we were pumping it up into space to be like, hey, aliens, we're here. <laughs> yeah, spell spell it for me. How do you spell it? A- what is it? Arecibo. A R E C I B O message. But yeah, I, so I did a, I did an album that was like that. I did one that was uh, based off of uh, the Temple of Elemental Evil um, from Dungeons and Dragons, and yeah. it, it came like with a little mini game, like the cassette came with a little mini game that you could yeah. play. Um, oh man, people gotta look at you know when this episode comes out, I'll have to remember to on the gram. You know, I'm always trying to think about pictures gotta, to put along with the podcast. Gram it. This Arecibo message is super cool. An yeah. interstellar radio message carrying basic information about humanity and Earth that was sent to globular star cluster M13 in 1974. So it's a picture that kind of looks like Atari stuff because that was the technology 1974, right? This mm-hmm. is a demonstration of the message with color added to highlight its separate parts. The binary transmission sent carried 
uh, but no color inform sent carried no color information. Okay, so the numbers one to ten, you use those for like chromatic pitches. I'm sh I, yeah, I should just play your song. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, we'll 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 listen to some of your shit along the way at some cool. point. So you'll send send me some some MP3s or something. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. And yeah, the weird stuff would totally go over at the spot. Like if you like the owner is like this aging former junkie psychedelic drug freak and he's like in his 60s but he's still like totally just like weird as hell but owns like three of the coolest businesses in town um you know the spot tavern and the black sparrow which is one of the coolest places to eat and really good and uh is it like a landlord but like the cool landlord that like helped you know like <laughs> smitty's, smitty's bakery open I, you know landlords are usually assholes but over the covid is what he what he did was he basically sublet there's now a coffee shop that operates when the bar is not operating. So they can go there for coffee all ages. They have a cool patio. And then at night, you know, it's 21 over and they have these shows. And then also on Fridays and Saturdays only, I think, a pizza place, like with a stone oven on, on the patio, started operating. So it's like three businesses in one now. It was like, That's cool. I'm like, that is genius. That's a good like, idea. To yeah. Make it through. Yeah. Because bars is like, well, you know, that, and it was a small place. Like, there's no way to separate and all this. And the shows shut down. So those weren't bringing people in totally genius and then yeah he bought the building across the lot so there's this awesome bakery with like the best you know croissants in town and stuff that and sandwiches like right across the lot and helped them get on their feet and stuff and it was it's uh he's he's a cool dude and just a total weirdo he was the one that's booking all the avant-garde jazz stuff he loves that shit anything that's trippy um so let's talk about they might be giants who uh, are trippy sometimes yeah they're the kind of guys <laughs> where it's like where people who don't like let's say you just heard Chesapeake's face. They're like, man, these guys were doing a lot of drugs when they wrote this song. But, but then you're like, wait, no, actually, they just were probably highly caffeinated. You know, so like, right. uh, <laughs> how did you get into They Might Be Giants? Because you were already into They Might It's not like I didn't get you into They Might Be Giants. <laughs> you were already into them because that's some of my guests, like, you know, Steve, who my best friend, you know, he probably only got into They Might Be Giants because he was around me so much uh, through childhood, you know. Uh, you know, you just kind of listen to the same CDs in the car on the way to high school, right? Factory right. showroom was pumping. That was during our high school years, you know? So we're here to talk about one of the best tracks off of Factory Showroom, what should have been the single in the first track, not S-E-X-X-Y. Um, but uh, I digress. So how, what, did you get how did you, what was the very first thing you heard and where did you hear it or who showed them to you? I think it was, I mean, obviously like the Tiny Tunes deal mm -hmm. you know um but then like i have no idea what you're talking about yeah <laughs> and then um but like then i guess i got the internet and i went and like was going through like in high school I was going through all those bands that you can't find at like walmart which is which like we had sam goody and walmart in columbus at the time oh uh, you had a sam CD. goody we had a at, sam the, at the mall yeah, yeah. uh nice. but you know like they might be giants were like oh yeah there was there was that band like i oh yeah and so i i went and you know got back into them like checked out some stuff it's like there's a lot going on here that i instead of that kitschy little cartoon you know song or whatever and then right. a, a uh, girlfriend of mine at the time was we were really into them both and so we yeah went to the cd stores in bloomington and like you know thumb through and got every single album and kind of Caught, caught up, fell. So, like, what year was that? That you're talking. I mean, you were saying you got the, the. Uh, I want to say the internet, like the old uh, Tim and Eric. Ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, you, yeah. are you a Tim and Eric fan? You remember that uh, sketch? 
No, I don't remember. Well, that. I don't know if you'd call their sketches, but it was internet. It was like some alternate internet, Inter- like the feminine internet. It was I N N E R N E T T E, like you know, the E T T E at the end. Inter internet, like like yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and the and I don't I don't know I don't remember, but it was funny. <laughs> so. It was funny as hell, of course. Um, so yeah, so the internet, you know, you're probably still dial up at the time. It was, it was dial up. Let me download the new single and it takes 20 minutes using uh, audio galaxy. And then I, and I, when I found out that there was a hotline, I immediately called that hotline. Dial a song. Uh, so I, I think the first dial a song was, um, uh, no answer. I think no answer was the one that I heard. And, um, that is one of the most popular dial a song tracks to never make it past dial a song. I had people fighting over it on the spreadsheet. Not fighting, but there are people that yeah. became friends through the Mike Giants communities. One's in New York, one's in like Sacramento, and one had it, and the other one convinced the other one to give it up and swap for another song on my spreadsheet. I'm like, like I want this song, but AC's already taken it. I'm like, well, if you two talk and figure it out, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's crazy. Like for a song that like they. It should have been on something, but so that was the first one you ever heard when you called, when you called. Uh, well, at the time, I'm the, pretty sure seven one eight three eight seven six nine six two. I've got a magnet right on my yes receiver right <laughs> there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like they, they might be giants have been, I, I'd say probably the most influential. Like for me, because oh yeah, like just like just band in general. Like the the weird like be weird, do whatever you want. Like throw it in a blender. Like or just do exactly like the, like one thing like here here we want to we want to make it sound like this or you know because um, all the punk bands like that I was into when I was like in high school were like doing the same thing over and over that SoCal skate right. punk 90s oh yeah which stuff. I love too right yeah. were you a fat rack head and yes <laughs> all the Asian man stuff and epitaph stuff all that yeah, yeah. were you a ska kid I liked ska. I went to. I mean, there were a lot of uh, ska bands in Columbus when, like, there was like a. a which was the style at the time? It's kind of yeah. It was, it was the thing. So I tied uh, a trumpet to my belt, which was the style at the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, two trombones for a quarter, you'd say. I'm, I haven't really, like I said, I, I didn't really keep up with They Might Be Giants like in the last I don't know six or seven years. But I've like. I don't know, they've, they've always they've always been there and there's certain like songs like if I'm in the shower if I'm like walking down the street or it's like I got a headache because uh, I drank too much the night before or like you know um, am I, I awake I have a flat <laughs> I have a flat tire or I'm riding my bike and I'm afraid of getting hit by a car uh, or you know like any number of things like there's always there's always a they might be giant song that can kind of you know you know that's kind of like why Dial a Song started, right? Do you do you know the story of Dial a Song? Mm-hmm. We don't need to go over it too much for my listeners, obviously. But uh, Linnell broke his wrist. He was a bicycle messenger in Brooklyn. He, oh, that, yeah. He broke his wrist, and so they they weren't playing shows for a minute. So they started just pumping little songs into the answering machine. But yeah, I like the the saying you're in the shower because there's the line that we will surely talk about. It's I lean my head against mm-hmm. the frosted shower stall. This song is so. Amazing. So it's actually if you said the last thing that you bought was the else. Yeah. So it's actually been like fourteen years 14. that you've been missing out on. Time's time's slippery in here. So So you should yeah, I know what as when you get as old as us. Are you creeping up on forty two? Yeah, I think. Uh hold on, let me what do the like math 37? real quick. <laughs> you don't know how old you are. Hold You're on. a little younger than me. Twi- uh thirty nine in July. <laughs> yeah, I'm forty yeah. in August. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so, like, um, Factory Showroom came out at, like, the perfect age for us. Because you're still, like, you've kind of formed your musical identity. And, like, we had both already been into them before that. Um, or, wait. Factory Showroom was already out when you when you yeah. actually like really yeah. got into them. So yeah, you I heard them on Tiny Tunes, but then it was after Mink. It was yeah. a fact, Factory Showroom, and then Mink Car was like the the new album that like yeah, that I, 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 uh, that the I first got. one that you got when it came like, out. Brand new, 11. yeah, nine yeah. <laughs> yeah, eleven. It's like it's weird to think that there are so many people like kids going to college now that weren't born when that happened. Old hashtag old. Well, that um, that actually ties in really good with the song, so that's like part of my analysis. Yeah, uh, let's get into it then. Let's transition. That was our segue. What you got? <laughs> what you got? Uh, well, there's a lot of like there's like the, a lot of themes of uh in the Might Be Giants of just getting older, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff about like uh losing your memory or like, but it's always I don't know. It's always about are you getting better as you get older? But I, I've always wanted to get older. And fall apart and have things not work and like you know because and forget and forget things because it was because it was maddening being young and so uh i don't know i, I wrote down that uh there's that you know montana destination moon i guess montana's not a little giant song but um there's like a, lo- a lot of those songs that have that kind of like i'm getting older and am i getting better or like this isn't working or that's not working kind of stuff um, it's especially a linnell theme yeah yeah flans has plenty like they both have like their kind of touchstone things that they will dip into that well like a lot but in different ways or different genres or you know we you know we're never going to complain that like oh linnell wrote another song about a head injury like we're, we're gonna take it we're gonna be like yes like their new <laughs> single you gotta hear their new single i broke my own rule it's great, and it's got all this like reverse reverb and shit on the vocals. It's amazing. Um, um, but yeah, Factory Showroom, nineteen ninety six. I mean, I I got into them between Apollo and John Henry, as everybody knows. But I don't know if you'd heard that on an episode before. Um, everything's all out of order here. I don't know. And so ninety six, like I had already gotten that. I remember Steve was already really into them. He got it. I remember him buying it for people. Like I think it might be Steve's favorite album. I know because we did James K. Polk. He's also signed up for Sexxy, <laughs> which because I think he actually likes that song. But we, you know, there's a lot to talk about with that one because it's very much one of the more disliked. Like it's got its it's got its uh, stands, as the kids say. But it's also got a lot of haters, just like Mr. Excitement and Ming Car and all these songs. I love all of them. But personally, Till My Head Falls Off should have been the opener. Technically, Token Back to Brooklyn is the opener. Right. You know, to, you, right, because if you rewind, and like I do still have a CD player that can let you rewind, they later put it out on They Got Lost, the uh, Lost tracks, right? Like, uh, But yeah, Till My Head Falls Off is like such a good opener. Mm-hmm. But I think Flans was just like like he's on the, like a monopuff kick, and he's like, I'm gonna put out these rock albums, guitar focused stuff, and let's get funky. And like all of a sudden they're putting out like this funky song. I'm like, that's not the hit, man. What are you talking about? You know, like good try on like a new kind of genre. Like you know, decent attempt. The string arrangement is amazing. Um, very well produced. But till my head falls off. I mean, wouldn't you agree? That's like the single of the record. I yeah yeah I did I. I definitely agree with that yeah um, and they played it on uh they've you know it ended up on severe tire damage live album a, you know a year later and we'll play that and it, they did it on some tv shows so it, it definitely was a single but it wasn't the lead single 
Um, and it never got a video. I mean, nothing got a video because Electro was like, ah, we're over you guys. We're going to drop you <laughs> in a couple of years. You'll, you'll be off in a couple of years. You'll be on your own doing Long Tall Weekend on e-music. Have fun with that, guys. Um, so the, from a guided tour of Factory Showroom, let's get to the trivia on the wiki. Oh, yeah. Quotes. Quotes. And this is probably Flans writing it because he writes most of these things. Performed at the breakneck tempo <laughs> of classic new wave. This song is the is the harangue of an embattled old timer who refuses to yield the floor. Actually, it does kind of sound like Linnell writing it. Chorus: I'm not done, and I won't be till my head falls off. Check out the rock power of bassist Graham Maybe in the breakdown section. Graham Maybe, super cool. And again, you can see him really rocking out on these. Uh, you know, we'll talk about these YouTube videos that people can go watch and see Graham Maybe doing backup vocals. Flans like just not even doing the, any vocals and just like killing his guitar and Graham maybe just rocking out because my image of Graham maybe if you click on are you on the wiki right now yep if you click on his picture he's like you're like man that guy's like an old kind of geeky bass player he's got a <laughs> dumb like Warwick or something like that yeah. and, you know Steve's listening he's like I had a Warwick but like that was never my style of bass like I love like Squire jazz basses or like a big like Ibanez hollow body bass or something like that you know stuff that like a shoegaze band would use, you know, stuff like that. Well, he's got like a bassist bass, you know, and he was the bassist for Joe Jackson, longtime bassist, uh, and played with them uh, 94 through like 97, though Hal Cragen also appears on Factory Showroom, but he's primarily the bassist on Factory Showroom, songs which Graham maybe is, is credited. Um, he was on a lot of the Long Tall Weekend stuff. Yeah, pretty much all of it. As well as like on on dine on dean I don't ever really know how to pronounce that one. Whirlpool that was like way back. So like he's been doing stuff for them for Whirlpool is the Meat Puppets cover. If you've ever never heard that, it's on the Why Does the Sunshine EP. You're a Meat Puppets what? fan, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Cow punk guy. They did right? a Meat Puppet. What? Whirlpool, yeah, they Why? did a cover of it. It's amazing. It's like all sax. It's like sax and bass. We actually talk about it on this sax Patreon episode. Uh, that I just finished editing. But yeah, so Graham Amy plays bass all over. Um, oh, he was on No One Knows My Plan? Okay, apparently mm. he worked his way into some of the John Henry stuff. How did I not how did I realize that? Yeah, so when, um, when, cause when did yeah. they do, like, there was, I thought the band of Dan's was like, their, when, you know, their, their full band kind of thing. We're talking 97. Yeah. Because so was... 96, mm-hmm, Brian Doherty, who I just talked to two days ago, I talked to, yeah, I guess I didn't tell you the rest of that story. Tuesday night, I talked to Brian Doherty and uh, Tony Maimonet of Per Ubu fame, as well as being in They Might Be Giants for three years, um, immediately following Per Ubu, like, talk about a That's weird. discography. That's a, yeah. Man, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go from a weird, really weird band to a still kind of weird poppy band. And, uh, so Brian was still the drummer at the time. Tony had left. So this was a very, like the, the nineties, it's crazy how many people they went through trying to figure out their band. But by 97, um, the band Lincoln, where Danny Weinkoff and Dan Miller were a part of that band, that band broke up after some mild success, um, moderate success. And they they might be giants essentially poached them because Lincoln was opening up for they might be giants. So they, they got, they got poached when that band, uh, they were breaking up anyway. Um, there was some drama and all this stuff and some record label things. So those two dance came in and then Brian Doherty left 
And if you listen to the Bells Are Ringing episode, he uh, considers that like his riding off into the sunset because the factory showroom ends with a dun 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 bum 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 bum. So like his big final, he talks about that snare and all the reverb and all that stuff on that episode. Uh, so he left after almost immediately after I think the recording of Factory Showroom because we will hear Dan Hickey, the th- you know the third of the band of Dan's, playing live on it. Um, though I believe, let me make sure I don't say it wrong, on severe tire damage. Let's see who plays it on severe tire damage. Um, chronology live STD. <laughs> live saves the day. <laughs> Sexually transmitted disease? No. Severe tire damage. Um, credits. That is Brian Doherty playing on uh, severe tire damage. He hadn't left yet, and it was probably recorded... It was recorded in 98. Yeah, there was a little, like, overlap. Like, Long Tall Weekend is some Doherty, some Hickey. Yeah. Some drum machine, some stuff with no drums. That's a very weird album, transitional album. And then Hickey was on, yeah, half a Long Tall, Mink Car, and No. And then Marty came in on the spine. And then they got settled into that. So now it's two Dans and a Marty. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oops, all Dans. Someone made this awesome meme, you know, like the oops, all berries, Crunch, or whatever that is. But it was oops, yes. all Dans. <laughs> and it just had their heads like on the cereal box. Wow. Um, so funny. Anyway, till my head falls off. So you had picked this a long time ago. You're one of these people, like, you're one of the last of a long line of people where I'm like, oops, all guests that have been waiting forever. And uh, you've, you selected this song, like, three years ago, right? Had the podcast even I, started I wanted, when you picked it? Well, my favorite song is It's Not My Birthday. Not, like, favorite song of, like, that's ever been written, ever in, yeah. by, 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 by humans or gods Fuck or the Beatles. Uh, yeah, right. Like that's that's my favorite song. Um, and then there were, and then you know going down the list of like like TMBG songs. Like I ended up with uh, I ended up with this one too because mine kept getting getting taken. But I also wasn't committing to any of them either. So, well, didn't yeah. I? How many did I let you select here? Because I think of, I I selected a lot of songs. Yeah, because <laughs> so, I let beginning. you. Yeah. Okay. She's actual size. Hopeless, bleak despair, and this one. Yeah. So it's not my birthday was already taken. No, it wasn't. T- I think I don't know. I think um, I couldn't. I couldn't hammer down. I couldn't give you a yes, and you had someone else who wanted it. I think that's what it was. Like. Yeah, I had uh, a yeah. Canadian friend, Micah yeah. Galitza. But I, I love the Galizia, song. Sorry. I love the song because, like, like I said, it's it, it's one of those songs where, uh, like, if I have a headache, right? If I'm opening up a bottle of of, of like. You know, Advil. Advil or something. I'm it, this song pops into my head, or if I'm getting out of the shower, you know. Um, and I, you know, I wrote down on my notes like the filibuster kind of idea, like someone who's I got something to say, and I'm gonna sit here and I'm going to just I'm going to like get everything out until until I'm done. You know, I'm not done talking yet, basically. And uh, uh-huh. but there's also this kind of like like playing with like dementia a little bit there. Like the person doesn't remember things or they can't find their notes and they're like, they're what, what, uh, it's, are there, are they taking Advil? Is it really Advil? You know, um, uh, right. So There's I, something harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I wrote down this, my go-to, they will be giant songs for head, uh, for headaches though, for sure. And then there was kind of, yeah. a, um, this kind of idea of like, uh, performance, you know, like you're, 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 
adjusting your tie and you're getting up there and you got your notes and you're ready to go to to address your audience or whatever is something that I'm I'm pretty familiar with like just, as a performer, yeah. No, just as a as a human being who has uh, to get up and go <laughs> go places and be social in the world. So yeah, uh, yeah. Don't you hate that? <laughs> Don't you hate that shit? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. This this song is just it's classic. It's one of those songs where so approaching the podcast, it's like um, there's songs from before I was officially a fan, like stuff I went back to. Like I didn't become super, as a, as a young chap, I didn't become super familiar with the Pink album and its weirdness until the then compilation came out. Yeah, right? Did, did you have that? The same, double same, disc? Same, yeah. exactly. So, right. So like I, I came in, Apollo 18 was the first thing, and like I talked about this a lot in the Dig My Grave episode that was probably the first non-tiny tunes they might be giants like the first time i heard they might be giants where it's like this is a band called they might be giants check it out my friend patrick plays it for me and um you know i give him many props every time i talk about you know he's the one that's responsible for really getting me in the band you know after tiny tunes a couple years before so like 92 93 apollo was the new one so then for me john henry was the first one that i got when it first came out but so I went back when I got then and listened to you know, I, I loved Lincoln immediately because they were kind of already starting to find their like pop sensibility within the weirdness. I guess I knew um, about I, I guess I knew about Anna Ng and they'll need a crane now they think about it because they would they would have been on 120 minutes. But it's just oh, like yeah. they weren't really a band that I was like super into until I really went back That's and listened. Same, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because as like a punk guy, like I, I said this like in the Dig My Grave episode, you should listen to it because it's with a. a a young punk emo scrams kind of friend of mine who I've recorded as well. Sean Crawford, who I met through punk news, uh, was our youngest staffer for quite a while coming in in high school. He's like, I kind of didn't tell people how old I was. He was like 14 writing reviews for us or whatever, but he was a good enough writer and he's a cool kid in college now. Um, and I'm like, it's hard to say, I remember liking the tiny tune stuff, but it's hard to say what I've gotten into them as hard as I did if it wasn't Dig My Grave being the first song I heard, because I was coming off mm. of like, I'm listening to a shitload of Bad Religion or whatever. <laughs> and then, Dig My Grave! Dig My Grave! Like, it kind of sounds like, fuck Armageddon, this is hell! <laughs> you know, like, something like that. And I'm like, damn, this band's cool! And then I'm, immediately, someday mother will die and I'll get the money. And I'm like, this is popular, but he's still, he said, son of a bitch, that's cool. <laughs> Mother yes, will die. Yeah. We did we talk about bad religion earlier? Because like I was, I've been on a huge bad religion. Not in kick conversation. Lately. Yeah. Yeah. Like me too. I just made a best of on Spotify. <laughs> I was watching the like the tested or what or like the thing where they like they go through and like they're playing like all their old like songs by decade or whatever. It was so good. Um, oh man. I, I would say that like bad religion is like the other the other side of the coin. Like they might be giants is like weird and quirky but very very dense like from a musical standpoint and then uh-huh. bad religions just got like what you're too smart for me uh, i don't understand okay now i have to go look that up and and I okay right. now now i'm reading a paper about like you know uh indigenous tribes in, in brazil or something like what why right so Greg graffin being one of those famous like punk doctors you know like dexter holland has a <laughs> phd in hot sauces or something i don't even know and milo uh from the descendants has a PhD in, I think, biology. He's a professor or a researcher or something. I, I, I can't keep track of that. But Greg Graffin um, from Bad Religion, yeah, and they've been going for freaking forever. 1979, you know, they formed Bad Religion and then kind of made it with, like, Suffer was their big breakout. 
that I mean I had that t-shirt I remember wearing that t-shirt to high school I can't imagine what the more conservative kids thought of like that kid on fire wearing a shirt that has a crucifix crossed out <laughs> you know on it I can only imagine the looks I would have gotten I mean also I had like a several colored mohawk you know as well oh he yeah mo- in, mohawk days was, i've seen pictures oh yeah he was born <laughs> in Mad- madison wow okay so he's oh, yeah. evolutionary biologist i love it. it says occupation singer comma songwriter comma evolutionary biologist <laughs> well this isn't a song song for song podcast on a uh, bad religion the no so he got his second- phd in zoology from cornell <laughs> oh wow ithaca is a cool town Carr's done some stuff there they may be giants also very left-leaning very intellectual rock yeah. band of a very different sort starting in the reagan era making it through bush bush senior and w and trump uh there's a lot of parallels there no one no one no one thanks reagan enough for like you know inspiring all these amazing, all this amazing reagan music. youth you know I mean, it's, yeah reaganomics that's a great band my friends used to be in ryan hope reaganomics you should check them out um if you like the popes, uh, smoking popes, but with some shredding in Ooh. it as well, you should check yeah. them out. Um, uh, they're on Red Scare Records. Uh, yeah, like uh, this. Uh, so till my head falls off. Anyway, uh, mm. we digress severely. This is fine. Yeah, you know, that's what happens when people I actually know well, even <laughs> you know, on your first episode. Yeah. You know. So it's I- either returning guests. Like you should listen to "Sold My Mind to the Kremlin." Talk about a Reagan bashing song. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Reagan closed the hospitals for the mentally ill. That's an awesome modern weird song. Uh, so till my head falls off. Um, the chronology here: there was no demo. Like they demoed all of John Henry before they did it, and that was kind of like I think on their own dime is what it makes it seem like when I talked to Tony and Brian. That episode will have come out before this. The episode on AKA Driver. Um, they yeah essentially the johns were like well it sounds like let's kind of see if this works with other humans is this gonna work and they just released you need to buy it on cd or download it is not on streaming the john henry demos i would highly recommend it jesse because it's a more punk version of john henry where the guitar is louder in the mix and more trebly and crazy the john henry demos they just released it three years ago uh finally and but for a uh, factory showroom, I mean, they were using up every penny that Electra had left to give I, them because these string arrangements and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't one of those out. songs. Yeah, this is one of those songs, but it is like their most produced record and it sounds great. They had settled in to having other members, even though they had just swapped out some members, same drummer, a couple of different bassists coming in and out. Eric Shermerhorn playing lead guitar. That dude rules. Um, yeah, what do you think about the guitars in this one? I mean, let's talk about musical elements. That like tremolo guitar at the beginning, like there's there's the guitar because it's it's a very it's a very kind of rock rockin tune, you know. But the what gets me is that very beginning keyboard swell because you know like there's like how how many fingers do you have to push down keys? And it seems like he's just pushing down the whole his whole forearm. Just does yeah. You know, I've actually played that song live on my Juno. With, uh, and I wish I could play it in the cover section, but this band called The Sinkholes, coincidentally, David Britton was the drummer and sometimes singer of that band. Actually, I think he drummed and sang lead on the They Might Be Giants stuff. It was the first They Might Be Giants tribute show I was ever a part of, and now I do them at these live episodes uh, at Rhinos All Ages Club. 
in Bloomington. Wow. Love Rhinos. Most of the rockers hated it there because you couldn't drink. Um, but God bless them. You know, they'd host youth, you know, poetry camps and classes and dance stuff and just the coolest shit. Um, it's a place where the high schoolers could throw shows. So we did it there. And I played four songs with them. Two on accordion, I believe. James K. Polk and Dr. Worm. I played accordion. And then I played my Juno on... And I was kind of sitting in as guest keyboard guy for this band, The Sinkholes. It was a power trio. Uh, David Britton from episode one and episode whatever Stopbox was. Um, and Till My Head Falls Off and Bells Are Ringing was the four that we played, which is an awesome selection of songs, right? And I remember playing it on my Juno, which only has six-voice polyphony, which to non-synth heads means... The maximum number of notes you can play at any one time is six, and that has to do with it being an analog synthesizer, and it's pumping electricity through it to make the sound. It's not just like, here's a sample of a trumpet. You can play it a million times at once. It is actually putting electricity through circuitry, and it can only power six notes at a time, and it'll just start dropping off You know, the first note you play. If you add a seventh note, that first note will drop off and be gone. Um, so going... Like just going up the scale, you know, I was only mashing down so many keys at once, six at a time, and then you just keep climbing up. But I remember it being super fun to play. It's very much a punk new wave kind of song. Well, that's so the, the break, breakneck tempo, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, a breakneck tempo, I'd say maybe, you know, dig my grave or stomp box. But uh, this one, I mean, it's a fucking toe tapper. I yeah. wouldn't say it's breakneck like us coming from punk backgrounds. <laughs> I, th I think it's I think it's that like kind of that writing like keyboard like the chord you know there and then that like that little that guitar just that one little like tremolo uh, stuff just like I don't know it just makes you kind of bounce a little bit so oh yeah it's yeah. so bouncy it should <laughs> yeah. have been the opener and I think Flans <laughs> I think Flans was like give me some openers because usually. I mean, especially, actually, probably more in this century, Linnell's songs almost always start the album. Right. Dig, Dig My Grave is a flan song. SCXXY is a flan song. So is Token, Back to Brooklyn, if you count that as the opener. The pre-opener opener. Um, but, like, other than that, it's the it's secret like, track. I always thought of it as the secret track. Sure, right? But it's and like, like, Less Than Jake did that, too. You remember <laughs> that on Losing Streak? Right. Um, oh, and Eric Schirmerhorn, we should give more props to because he only comes up on the Factory Shorm episodes. He, if you didn't know, he's worked with Iggy Pop. He toured with David Bowie in 91, 92, and he toured with Tin Machine, which was Bowie's like, I'm going to be in a rock band that doesn't have my name on the headline, you know, whatever. It's my life tour. It's my life. No, that was long before <laughs> Bon Jovi. Tin Machine's uh, pretty decent album, you know, kind of dated production, but Tin Machine was a cool band. Um, so he toured on the It's My Life tour with them and was on their uh, their live album, Oy Vey, baby. <laughs> but for They Might Be Giants, he's only played on, I believe, only, let's see. Oh, he's played on a couple, um, like, Backstabbing Liar, like, probably my, f probably my favorite Monopuff song. He was on that. Um, Oddball by Monopuff, which is a, actually a Frank Black uh, cover or is that Pixies? No, it's Frank Black, I think, and stuff like Unforgotten, which is a, a B side, 
uh, from that era. That's a great song that I was supposed to talk about with my German friend Noah, who stood me up because of a time difference confusion. Um, yeah. So Factory Showroom and stuff of that era, which was the era when Monopuff was was doing stuff and uh, the B-sides and the Factory Showroom stuff. But he's super, super good. And the, that guitar solo at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then again, we'll play this live version where Flans does the solo, and I love Flans' guitar style because it's so post punk and where he's like, yeah, I'm gonna play a couple weedly woos, but then just like make noise and then end it with some feedback. Yeah. Like it's so so good. And Sherman Horn, great shredder. Dan Miller, great shredder. Um, but I kind of miss Flans taking leads. Like, it would be cool if, like, on occasion he'd be like, hey, Miller, I'm going to take this solo. And it's just like... That's that's literally every guitar solo I've ever done was, like, ripping off Flansburg or, you know, maybe Greg Jinn. Like, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Flans' guitar skills will be on display in the live uh, clips that we're going to hear. Um, But Shermer Horm, yeah, he's on severe tire damage, too, so he's on that uh version uh and you know why don't, we, why don't we just go ahead and play that and then we'll talk more about lyrics and stuff like that sure uh yeah let's play the yeah since there's no demo and stuff let's go ahead and give the people another sound clip with all of our yapping um till my head falls off off severe tire damage a year oh sorry it's 98 1998 uh version and let me verify that he does play that eric Shermerhorn is the guy that plays it and not miller because they pull these tracks from all over the place uh if, if my head falls off okay here we go i finally am clicking fast enough to know <laughs> it's eric Shermerhorn again so yeah let's listen to the live version There's 30 left I ate 47 So what happened to the other 10 Why do you suspiciously Change the subject and break my Concentration as I dump the bottle out And I count the fill up again Don't interrupt me As I struggle to complete This thought Have some respect for someone More decrepit than yourself And I solo is a little more atonal which is cool it's like rah, 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 rah. there's definitely some accidentals in there you know accidentals. Wait, so this so on this yeah the severe tire damage version uh-huh. is is that that's the flansburg solo or that's not the one with the, that's no not, no okay. no the ones yeah. we'll watch on it, tv it, it doesn't sound like him so <laughs> yeah yeah no it's not it's very much uh shredding but it's it's not wheely wheely wah kind of shredding uh it's um tuneful and weird <laughs> So, like, Shermerhorn, I think, 
he 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 does more like the kind of the bends and shit on the studio version, but on this one, he's running it through like some no. severe chorus or tremolo or something. Because like, wah, 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 wah. I, I think he's doing the the uh, some whammy wah. maybe, yeah. yeah, or wah. It's very wobbly. Whatever yeah. he's doing, probably two of those things at once. It's hard to kind of pin down, especially in a live recording. But it sounds great, you know. But like, since it was such a new song, uh, it's pretty much as it is on the record, just a little more raucous, maybe, you know. While while some of the other songs on Severe Tyrant Damage were severely mutated in cool ways, like you know she's an angel with the tuba stuff yeah. like that, you know I love that. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> so cool. What do you, now? Now that we've talked about this one live version, let's get to the TV ones later. What do you What do you else do you like about the lyrics? Because we've alluded to a lot of how it's a perfect song talking about you know like you got a headache, you're waking up, you're in the shower, you got you know you're kind of like oh you're kind of out of it. You're like oh god, yeah. I got shit to do today. I gotta get ready for this, and I'm hurting. You know <laughs> what else do you like about the lyrics? Uh, so I'm looking at the the wiki, which I think is funny because the the song themes have like addiction, compulsion, age, bad English. Bodily mutilation, <laughs> body parts, Ugh. clothes, drugs, forgetting, also remembering, uh, <laughs> insanity, in, in uh, heads, 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 just heads. Uh, I am, I don't know what that means, insanity, yes, uh, mathematics, mirrors and reflections, questions, recursion, and trade names. Like, so I am is just like, if you click on it, there's a list of songs with I am oh, or okay, I'm okay. in the title, which is Got like it. over 20 songs. Got and then it. it has a list of songs with I am or I'm in the lyrics, which is like a million songs, of course. Because in my notes, I was like, I mean, I, I was sitting here thinking about like alternate dimensions and like the, the whole like yeah. look, i look i look through the glass and then we're talking about like like alice in wonderland or something and mm. um i've been and i i one night i like just stared at myself in the mirror for like a good five or ten minutes i don't even remember how long and i was like it's it's creepy it's weird it's weird and in, in when you're staring into your own brain um and I, <laughs> yeah, and, looking and, at yourself in the eyes for too long is yeah weird. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> And I, I wrote that down originally, and I was like, I'm gonna take that out because, oh man, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put that out there. Um, but like, that's that's like a, just that common theme, I guess, with L- like a lot of Linnell stuff too. Is just that there's that um, introspection, but it's like askew, like it's just a little uh-huh. off. You know, it's like I'm I'm being like self-referential, or I'm 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 really, you know, I know myself very well, and then you're like what no you don't you're 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 trying to fight a windmill dude you know yeah <laughs> is that a don quixote reference yes yeah uh yeah hey you know I married a spanish up. professor i stayed up all night writing that one <laughs> so yeah the the lyrics man they're so great one thing that i appreciate appreciate about it even if you're not going to go into interpretations are the couplets and rhymes in this and like saying couplets like you're talking about shakespeare but there are some like, fuck Shakespeare. Linnell is where it's at. Like, this is like, okay, so uh, the one that's my favorite is about, yeah, the Frosted Shower Stall. So, and and the way the melody climbs, comes back and climbs again and even higher. So, like, the lyrics combine with the melody on, and when I lean my head against the Frosted Shower Stall, I see stuff through the glass that I don't recognize at all. And I, it just like it's like yeah. pure like genius like this is like he should be giving those master class things in writing melody 
Because even like a song like Birdhouse that changes keys back and forth like a bajillion times, no one notices. Like people aren't like, whoa, that was weird. Oh, that was jarring. It's like, this song is catchy as fuck. And then you're like, what key is this in? They're, they're the, songs you know? that, the songs that like expose just how, to me, like how bad I am at singing. Like when I'm, when I go to like, oh man, I can't, I can't actually hit that. So yeah yeah you know right. i i think i did some backup vocals with sinkholes but it wasn't really my band but like this song like oh this would be a contender and i kind of like shove factory showroom to this i don't listen to it in full a whole lot anymore i think because i listened to it so much in the late 90s not that i got tired of it but like i'll i'll dip into songs in playlists and like every single song i like every single song even SCXXY, even Tokubex Brooklyn, which is kind of a kind of a boring song, but I like it still in the context of the album. Uh, it's a good kind of warm-up song that maybe could have been track one or something weird. Uh, the last track, maybe. But, like, Till My Head Falls Off, if a punk band was going to cover the Might Be Giant song, you know, the ones that would be easiest to translate would be, well, the modern <laughs> one that Doppelpopolis did was When Will You Die? An amazing song from seven years ago. Uh, what would you say would be good ones? I mean, you've already mentioned a couple of them. Good Stomp. songs for a punk band cover. Uh, I mean, Dig My Grave, Stomp Box. Uh -huh. You yeah. know uh, what else? What else? I mean, this well, this one definitely. There's like a there's like a punk version or whatever even that you sent me. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. I uh, mean, you could speed it up even more because like. Yeah, and this one, like, I can sing it. I've, I've, my high range has actually gotten better as I've gotten older because singing with children, I mean, lots of times with little, little kids, I'll sing in falsettos. Like, my falsetto is pretty strong at this point. Like, it's almost, <laughs> it's almost hard to distinguish it from my regular singing voice because I've gotten, you know, it's kind of got a better tone just from, because kids have trouble. Oftentimes, it's easier for a female music teacher to teach kindergartners because they can sing in that range. Where me, like, I can sing up here, but it's not my full voice. You know, I can sing way up in my <laughs> Michael Jackson voice. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, get way up there in like soprano range. Um, but like my full voice, you know, head voice and stuff has gotten higher too, just from singing with, you know, the older kids. And this song, yeah, the way it climbs... It really up does. to the chorus it's just like you're climbing to the top of a building and contemplating jumping off it like you're just like you know going up to that first chorus don't interrupt me as i struggle to complete this thought it's like he's going up the stairs and then he stumbles down a few and then he's coming back up that's Have exactly some what respect it is. Yeah. for someone more forgetful than yourself and i'm like he's like Going into like his screamy, like Linnell's version of a scream. Yeah, it's like, ah! the, like it's just a little grit. It's like the first time he's you know he's climbing up to the top of the stairs and he's getting ready to say what he was trying, what he was gonna get out, and then he forgets it, has to go yeah. back, and he tries tries going up the ladder again. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's more that he's climbing up to like he's gonna say something at the podium, right? Because he's talking yeah. about his notes, right? Gripping the lectern, right? He's climbing up onto the stage, and it's like, whoa! He stumbles on the way up. He's like, oh god, I'm still kind of drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still drunk for last night. God damn it. You know, and he's climbing up. He's like, yeah, where, yo, where's my notes? He's like feeling those pockets. Like, you know, that feeling when you're like, my wallet's always in my back right pocket. It's not. Where the fuck is it? You know, you're yeah. like, ah, like something's missing. <laughs> you know, and I don't know where I put my notes. Yeah, that clearing my throat and gripping the lectern. I smile and face my audience, clearing his throat. And the way like one line leads into another. Yes. And the way the melody barely goes anywhere. It's like wobbling up and down and that's a good trick because it's like you're getting a lot of words in and a lot of cool lyrics but you're just kind of wobbling around going up and down and up and down and then 
And when I lean my head, you know, it starts a little chill, but he's like, okay, I'm walking up to the stage right now. And now I'm on the <laughs> stairs and then I'm tripping on my ass. And like, he's just like, like it could alternately be like these different words that could be a lot more comical. But this song is like a dark comedy because it's like, oh, this dude's falling apart. And it must be mm-hmm. hilarious to watch, but you also kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> I, yeah and then he's taking a shower after he's like oh i fucked that up <laughs> uh, that like see stuff through the glass that i don't recognize at all right where it's like you know it's been a while since i had a shower saw that had like the frosted glass on it or like the wobbly old way they used to do the old shower glass uh you know the shower stalls where you'd open it and sp- spill all this water onto the floor because it's like in the door frame and like looking through it and like you're seeing yourself in the mirror it's a mirror image but also through this glass and you're like who's that guy he sucks yeah well uh, it's also like that that kind of um the liminal space or whatever like when you know you see those pictures online and it's like this is the creepiest photo in the world and it's just like a room but like if you sit if you sit with something long enough it becomes unsettling um Mm -hmm. yeah I I kind of feel like this is uh, the story is just, yeah someone who's got a got a got a big to do got to do something and they really got to like let you know about it but they're not getting it right either you know <laughs> yeah like, like I used to be the uh you know the expert at whatever this is <laughs> and I'm kind of a shadow of what I once was right he's coming up to the lectern <laughs> yeah. like maybe it's a professor. Yeah. Like a lot of people have posited that it's like some aging rock star, but he's coming up to a lectern. If you take that part uh, literally, you know, he's coming up to say something. He's addressing an audience, talking. He's not singing. He's talking. Or it could be like a fucking priest or something, right? Who's like, you know, taking up drinking. Uh, You know, he's not supposed to be, but he's really dipping into that holy, that wine. And he's drinking the holy water too there and put their hands in. Uh, But yeah, he's coming up and he's like going to address the class. Or whoever, he's at like a conference and he's nervous so he gets all fucked up beforehand or the night before and comes up and he's like, I shouldn't have done that. This is going horribly. Uh, you know, a, a guy that won't yield the floor is what they yes. say in that factory showroom. Like he's like, I'm not done yet. You know, it's like they're playing. It's almost like when they try to play someone off stage. Like maybe he's getting an <laughs> award, right? right? He's getting an award for his professorial, professorial achievements. And they're like, uh-oh, this guy's, something's wrong with him. Let's play him <laughs> off stage. He's like, I'm not done. I still got shit to say. And then he falls over, into falls into the crowd. <laughs> you know, one, thing, one thing I didn't really think about and I, I wanted to say, like, that's a lot of Advil. That's a lot of Advil. Yeah. <laughs> that's like you're going to, like, hurt your stomach lining. Is that the one that, that will damage your stomach lining, Advil? Or is that Tylenol? I don't. One of those, Advil, like the Advil. side effects. Yeah, yeah. Tylenol, yeah. Tylenol can like uh, mess with your liver and stuff, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what's the one? Because Cara, you know, being pregnant, it's like, I think Advil are the ones that are okay to take. You should not take Tylenol when you are pregnant because you need your liver to, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff that's going to the baby or coming out of the baby. I don't know. I don't know how the human body works. It's fucking weird. It's very complicated. I also love in the severe tire damage version, we forgot to mention the decrepit so yeah. who's more decrepit than yourself? That's just such a great word. I love that word. The imagery involved yeah, with like it the just sound sounds like... of those letters, decrepit. Like it just sounds like an ugly word, and someone who's fallen apart, like it's a perfect word. 
the word itself falls apart when you when you say it you know yeah so did you ever watch degrassi high because in the trivia like did you ever watch the canadian no bell or whatever the hell it is jake uh goldsby plays character toby or whatever in degrassi high chose this song when asked which song best describes his life wow wow (laughs) yeah like how old is this guy that he's already like it might be one of those things where it's like he doesn't really realize what it's about. It's like when people would pick, uh, you know, Brick by Ben Folds 5. is like, this is our special song. Like, you know, it's about an abortion. <laughs> like, what's, you know, really? Well, let's slow dance to this song about trauma. Um, Jake Goldsby, he was born in 88, so he's only 32. Like, his head is already falling off? I don't know. Whatever. Well, Jake Goldsby. <laughs> Whatever. That's, why, that's why it's better. Like, I mean, the older I get, the... Uh, maybe I'm getting worse, but like I feel like I'm getting better, and I think that's kind of the the character, in a way, in this like someone who's supposed to be really like really on it, right? They're really on uh-huh, it, but right. they're not nearly as with it as they think they are. So they're forgetting and remembering at the same time. So, yeah. What what's this? So what's it's, it was also in Malcolm in the Middle, which is like uh-huh. yet another Malcolm in the Middle like kind of connection there. Yeah, because they, I mean, I don't, I mean, people people know that they did the theme, but I don't think people realize just how much, like, it was, they did the incidental music, like, that was a big, yeah. I you know, who knows how, exactly how much money they made off of it, like, they probably made the most off of the theme than anything, because in syndication, you know, getting played over and over and over, uh, even the 32nd version, right, but, like, Pencil Rain is in, like, episode one, like, done. Like it's bring the impossible dream. I can't remember. You know, something in slow motion, I think. So yeah, the boys are cleaning the house then making it messy again to till my head falls off. I knew about the a good choice. I knew about the Christmas one, but I didn't realize how how much like there's a lot. Oh, and the why is the sunshine? Yeah. I also just tried to YouTube unsuccessfully, very unsuccessfully, like one of those times you can actually fool Google and Google's like, huh? Where it's uh, this last bullet point. Radio advertisements in Pittsburgh for factory showroom tour. Use the opening riff for Till My Head Falls Off as background music. So I went on YouTube and searched uh, Pittsburgh radio ad factory showroom. They might be giants. And it's like, I don't know. Here's here's some factory showroom. That's all I got. <laughs> so I don't know who can confirm that. It's Maybe it's in the interpretations page because sometimes <laughs> interpretations will jump over to the trivia. But like my parents are from Pittsburgh. So I thought that would be pretty cool if someone had uploaded that, you know, I thought everything was on YouTube. I guess not. The fandom has failed. We're just recording the radio. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Were you recording the radio in 1996 <laughs> and 97? You know, when you were six years old or whatever. Greg, maybe we should make a flyer and, and cut out those little strips and post them around Pittsburgh. <laughs> Next time I'm over there visiting family. So I don't even want to look at the interpretations, honestly, because I think we have uh, wrangled it enough. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to say about the music or lyrics? I mean, Brian Doherty's drum beat, first of all, is kick-ass with all the toms and stuff. In that breakdown. And that that dude just rules. Like, he's a machine. Um, Anything else about the music or lyrics before we listen to those live versions from TV? Uh, No, Let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, let's listen to, so on the Australian TV show recovery recovery in 1996, uh, Brian Doherty had left the band, like I said, uh, and Dan Hickey had joined, um, but still not the band of Dan's Dan Hickey came in a pinch earlier in 96 
Well, like I said, Lincoln, the band, broke up. And in 97, I think end of 96, Miller and Weinkoff came in. But officially 97, they were recording stuff with them. So here you've got uh, this lineup that only existed for like probably a few months. Uh, Graham maybe still on bass. And in this case, they're, they're a four-piece. Yeah. You know, the guys that went to Australia... Hickey went on the Australian tour. Graham maybe went on the Australian tour. Shermerhorn was probably busy or something. He was more of like a session guy. He he was like the ringer they brought in that Electra paid for. And, you know, seems like a cool guy. Hopefully I'll have him on the show eventually. But here you got Flans. They're doing the power four-piece just like uh, John Henry era. Oh, man. What would you think of this video? I'll, I'll drop it in for the folks and make sure they hear the ending. Because holy crap. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't smash the guitar, you know, but... <laughs> he comes close. He yeah. breaks his E string, E or B. I, something's yeah. flailing off at the end. And then he down tunes, and he does that yeah. on both of them. Like, that was his thing, I guess, going low E. Oh, my God. Like, that's a move I've never seen him do. And I showed it to Kara. Like, Kara's usually like, stop talking about the MIP Giants. And even she was like... Damn, she was like, that's cool. Like, usually I'm like, watch the same Happy Giants video. She's kind of half watches it while she's looking at her phone, you <laughs> right. know, or like the, the baby's doing something. Not the baby, you know, two and a half year old. And uh, so Zinnia's eating some Cheerios and uh, we're just kind of waking up having coffee. And I'm like, I had never seen this before. And I'm like, look at how punk they might be Giants are being. Like, <laughs> here, Dan Hickey is just smashing, mm -hmm. just killing it on the drums. And I'm like, I love Marty, but, like, Marty is the kind of guy that's, like, so super, like, overly competent at the drums. Could play anything they need at any time, but plays to, like, the exact level of the song. And they haven't played Till My Head Falls Off until 2000, since, since 2008. And they only played it once in 2008, once in 2007, and then played it a bunch in 2006. They should bring it back, because I want to see Marty play this. Like, he has played it. That was his era. But, like, Dan Hickey, he is going full punk in this. And when mm. I talked to him, he was on the Restwile episode. Uh, and Restwile is a cool B-side, if you haven't heard it, uh, from his era, the early aughts. It was on the um, Working Undercover for the Man EP in the year 2000. You ever heard Restwile? Yeah, yeah, I know the song. I didn't, I didn't watch the oh. I didn't listen to that episode. 
so good and dan hickey is super fun guy super like he gets facebook banned all the time for like <laughs> political posts and like railing on trump supporters and stuff like that super cool guy um but the way he's like doing these like taylor hawkins moves where he's like smashing symbols like just like taking his arm just up over his head and like i was just using that move at the street <laughs> festival we played and also when he start like doing the crash on every backbeat You'll notice this. I don't know if you would have noticed this, but as a drummer, I like I've used this move. I just used it on Saturday where you switch your hand. So if you're hitting the crash that's on your right side, you're hitting the snare with your left hand like usual crash and snare at the same time. But then rather than taking your right hand from crash to crash, you switch your right hand to the snare and hit the crash with your left hand. So like this visual doesn't really come across on the podcast, but you're like snare right hand snare left hand snare right hand snare left hand so you're crash 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 and your hands are alternating it's a cool visual for, for anyone who's listening uh, it does look really cool it's, I'm, I'm, dude <laughs> it's so fun and it's that kind of thing where drummers who play open-handed play the snare with their right hand and my friend johnny and Popolis does he's a lefty who plays on a right-handed kit and a right-handed guitar so he plays open-handed, huh. like the guy in the Get Up Kids or whatever. You know, left hand on the hi hat, right hand on the Which snare. Is what I have to do if I get behind a drum set? Are you a lefty? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm a lefty, and like I've never played a drum set set up left-handed, and I wonder if I would be. Right. I I don't. It just makes sense. Like my left foot. Like I'm left-footed. You know. So. Right. Uh, yeah. But I've never done the open. But Dan Hickey's just like beating the hell <laughs> out does, of the yeah. drums. I wonder like, if I feel like Marty would be a little more reserved. Like he'd still rock it out and make it punk or new wave or whatever. But Hickey's just like beating it. And he's not a punk guy because I asked him, I'm like, were you ever into punk? He's like, not really. I'm like, dude, you play these parts like you've been drumming punk your whole life. Like rest a while, this song. He's just murdering those drums, just hitting them so hard it's almost surprising that he doesn't break a stick at some point like flansburg breaks a string and it looks like hickey's like trying to break his sticks he's hitting everything so hard and it sounds great and it looks great and linnell like even does that keyboard sweep up the beginning he's like like instead of doing the he's just like and maybe doing backup vocals graham not not maybe linnell graham maybe is doing backup vocals and but flans no vocals he's just focusing in yeah. on making that guitar amazing and weird flansburg's like i i ain't gonna it ain't gonna be pretty like i'm, I'm gonna do that i'm doing this thing i'm yeah. gonna and go away go i miss out. that yeah uh but let's move on to the covers section what do you think are we ready for covers yeah we're ready Let's listen to my friend Kai's first because I'm going to play his in full because he recorded it and was up until 2 a.m. last night, Portland time, uh, or he's outside of Portland, and uh, sent it to me. I saw it when I woke up and listened to it just this morning at like 6.30 a.m., and it was a good little wake-up chip tune version. So here's Kai Pfeiffer rocking it till my head falls off. Change the subject and break my concentration As I dump the bottle out and I count the 
Did you like that? Did you get a chance to listen? I, I, yeah, I did. I like that uh, way more than the, the chiptune versions that I found. So. Yeah, we'll listen <laughs> to those too. But that, this a, one's a song, it, you know? It's sincere, you know? it's He's really trying to do it justice yeah, and awesome. not just be goofy about it. Because chiptune can go two ways. It can be... Well, first of all, it's usually instrumental, which I prefer the way that Kai does it, where he's got regular singing over it but the instrumentals are synthy because i need a good hook i need someone singing at me um in english is it <laughs> one of yours in japanese or something uh it's um, no it's uh in the in the comments they say like i'm sorry for my english but i don't oh. know that, i don't know that's a human being singing that in the other one but this one's good though i think it's a generated stuff yeah kai is just like, an amazing musician. He was on the sax episode. He was a sax dude in band. You know, jazz sax. He was in musicals. Like, he's a singer. He sings, like, in ch at church with his wife. They're just, like, a very... His wife's a music teacher. Like, just, like, overall, just, like, very much like Cara and I. But it's reverse where, our, you know, the wife is the music teacher and the other person is just very musical. And, you know, and we're the, you know, we're the reverse. Super cool dude. Like he he kills it. There was a I like the because you're expecting the the guitar solo part, but it's, uh -huh, instead yeah. it's just this like nice clean like like pretty kind of synth you know yeah, going on. Yeah. I also yeah. like the uh, the the warbly uh, kind of almost underwater sounding vocals when it does that like when when I lean my head like that part. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah, he he is Props really good. Yeah, he's a great producer and engineer himself. Um, and has been in lots of bands. Uh, let me see. What did he say about me? He said, okay, so he sent it to me. Yeah, my time, 5.50 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and said, yeah, 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 this rules. Sounds like you had fun with it. He had just downloaded all these chiptune plugins and sounds like to use with his MIDI keys. And yeah, and then when he woke up at 11 a.m. my time, it's chiptune-y. And it said, yeah, uh, we found two other chippy ones, but yours is the best and only serious one. And not to besmirch the other ones. We'll listen to them in a sec. Um, and then he said, yeah, this really lends itself to chiptune. Uh, it was hard to resist throwing some distorted chuggy guitar, throwing down some just distorted chuggy guitar. And I just couldn't get it to sound right at the tempo. So he changed the tempo. My drumming sounded like crap at full speed. Still not thrilled with the toms and drum sound, but it was like 2 a.m. when I got it done. I said, don't kill yourself over covers for my dumb podcast. And he said, oh, it's not that at all. My problem is I love doing this. I get working. <laughs> I get work, that's my problem. I get working on stuff, and it's so fun that I look up and say, oh, shit, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and he's got two little kids, too. Uh, so let's do these other chiptune ones real quick, rapid fire. So which one should we do first? You uh, find them. There, there's like, uh, there's ones like, L O R Jones. I think they're both from the same. I think they. I don't know if they're from the same person or if it's just the same channel. But the oh, Mac let's stuff. see. Um. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the first one. Yeah. Max Star. What the hell is it? Max Star, Chai Cross. Yeah. Okay. And this is T M B U. So here's another. They might be U T A U cover this time with l-o-r so there's all these acronyms are you familiar with the what these mean i know i've looked them up before. no <laughs> so yeah i know right um are you very much into like the japanese pop culture stuff i mean i i, I like anime i'm sure cur i'm currently painting um a godzilla oh <laughs> nice ah yeah very cool i think i had that exact but, uh, one uh utah let's see what that is okay it's a okay 
I know I looked at this up, but I needed a reminder. UTAU is a Japanese singing synthesizer application oh. created by Amiya slash AMA. The program is similar to a Vocaloid software, with the difference being that it's shareware instead of third-party licensing, so people can fuck with it. So Vocaloid uh, is, um, again, a Japanese-created thing, a voice synthesizer software. And, yeah, so it's got this crazy signal processing and shit like that. So, um, basically, so let's see, how does it work? U-T-A-U. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, it's a synthesized voice, but you liked it because of the art, huh? I mean, the, the, the art's cool, too, but, uh, no. The, the, and- the woman that's beheaded herself, <laughs> <laughs> holding her own head. I like the synth sound and stuff, but the the warbly uh, synthesized voice is very very difficult on both of them so yeah i don't know it's interesting i like it but, uh... <laughs> oh man the, yeah it's, the... it, it's interesting to me from a like a technical standpoint because i do this where I'll, like, I'll record myself playing bass um into like fl studio yeah. and then turn that into like into midi notes or whatever and so i can do whatever i want with it or you know doing the like you know the, the little pitch correction and fixing and stuff like that yeah but uh mm-hmm. so it's fun to mess around with that but i this this uh software has this kind of feeling almost like someone was like the stephen hawking kind of like voice processor like no one's actually saying it um this version this version it sounds most robotic like there's not someone doing it but the other one sounds like there's definitely someone singing it and it's like well let's check that out so yeah. who's that that was uh the second one yeah who dat? I think it's the same person. Uh, I thought it was the same person, so that's why I was like, "Okay, I'm is really- it the same channel?" Yeah, Max Star Tricross. So then, why did they do this twice? Let's see, which one came first? <laughs> so the one we just listened to is just from 2019, April 2019. This one is from December 2014. So they decided to redo it about five uh. years later. <laughs> So this one, yeah, it's it's off. Obviously, a, a you know a Japanese person person. Why don't you read that little read the little disclaimer there for us? Okay, so me working on something that's they might be giants isn't a shock in the least, but I wanted to go with my friend's favorite vocaloid, Rana. Oh, okay, so that's the vocaloid. Please forgive her harsh English. I tried, XD. Uh, yeah, I like so. the self-deprecating English. Like, yeah. 
so the person the, the person at least understands like okay um i like this song and i want to do it and i want to use this vocaloid like thing uh yeah they they do this they do uh i palindrome i they do Billy oh. crane dinner bell it's not my birthday. They've but... been played before. Yeah, I know they've yeah. been on. We've th- their covers have been played several times, but every time I forget what Utah means and all these vocal- <laughs> vocaloid things. Every time I have to look it up. So uh, let's move on to the next one. But good job, Maxstar Chicross. And I just commented and said, "Come on, my." So we'll see if I get a reply to that. Yeah. Who do you want to do next? Let's do uh, uh, some of yours. Let's do uh, one of yours, and I'll do one of mine. So let's. How about the uh, L plays music? Because this person did a bunch of stuff, and it's like L is Lawrence, yeah. Uh, very. I don't know. Like, I like it. I like him. So, yeah, L plays music, and it's E L plays music as the YouTube yes. channel. His name is Lawrence, and he says, "I think I went a little overboard." <laughs> so let's <laughs> listen to Lawrence. mixed feeling about his, his covers he obviously loves the mp giants i think that really what it puts is. a lot of heart into these yes really puts a lot of heart into it but it's almost like oh i want to say this without it sounding like i'm saying this in a positive way because i love daniel johnston it's almost as if daniel johnston covered this song uh, okay right are you a daniel johnston fan yeah and the reason i say that is like it's not note for note perfect and i'm not saying like oh this dude's a bad singer i'm saying like he puts his emotion into it, and you can tell he loves the song. He's passionate about the Olympic Giants. He covers a lot of their stuff. Like, and I love Daniel Johnson. You don't listen to Daniel Johnson for pitch perfect vocals, right? Um, or like stuff with a click track. That's good. you know he did put out a couple albums where he had session guys helping him, and like he put out a live album fairly close to his his death that Jeff Tweedy and guys played on. So it's super competent, but like him by himself and like Lawrence, like playing every part, you can feel like a push and pull in the tempo. Like it's not fully locked into the pocket and like his vocals aren't exactly, I mean, it's a hard song to sing. Like you said, it's yeah, too. yeah, it's a very hard song to sing. <laughs> that's not, that's not a song I would pick to cover really, unless I'm going to just, you know, belt it out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the video, like him just standing in white and popping up with all these different instruments. Yeah. Um, and I, I was looking at the two comments on YouTube. Maxstar Tricross commented, the person what? who just played two covers of. Yeah. Dude, it's incredible how you do these instrumentals and videos all by yourself. Please come back. Because uh, this is from 2016. And then he said, two years ago, he said, thanks, I'll be back at some point. I hurt my shoulder last year and couldn't play for a long time. And lately I've been super busy, but I promise there will be more videos, probably even in 2019. And then Ween Fan24 says, I won't, I won't be till my head falls off. I don't know what that means. Um, 
yeah did l play music did he come back in 2019 let's see uh <laughs> nope nope uh, his most recent videos are 20 are oh wait a year ago okay he did some death cam and ben folds covers and so yeah it does a lot of they might be giants but he has come back looks like he's really got into yeah th- only three years ago he did uh it's not my birthday and then he's gotten into death cab apparently okay cool yeah well, they're, so they're, till my head falls off what do you what do you think about that so yeah you're like we got to play this guy i just i just feel like he he really liked he really likes they might be giants and was just really mm-hmm. super into it and had that kind of there's that like awkwardness and the eccentricity of you know all those other jargon words i used to describe myself so uh and that's yeah, definitely yeah. that's definitely a, a, a thing about this band too so it's i just that kind of vibe kind of came across um mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can feel like a kinship there where it's yeah. like you know i'm not a perfect musician but i try really hard and i i wear my influences on my sleeve exactly yeah <laughs> um, yeah okay so do can we Let's do move on. the la- the last two that I got here, or just what just pick one? Sure. Of them? Uh, wait, last two isn't only like, the Car- the Caribbean one. Oh, there's there's the Caribbean one, and then there's the obvious uh, punk one that that you said that I think I thought was just. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, we got to play Daryl's too. I've already mentioned Daryl's, so we got to oh, play yeah. that. You want to do the Caribbean? This guy's yeah, going to be on an episode too. Let's do it. It's Matt Hemingway. He has not yet been on an episode, but. He uh, was given mad props on the Oh Do Not Forsake Me episode because he contacted the vocal group that did that song. Like, that's not They Might Be Giants singing on Oh Do Not Forsake Me, even though it kind of sounds like Flans. Flans did the demo, and then they hired out to this vocal group um, to do it. And Matt Hemingway was able to reach these guys and get the original sheet music vocal chart of that song. And if you look at Matt Hemingway's channel... He has a very, very good split screen of him doing, um, let's see. Oh, he's also a trombone player. He does a lot of these split screen things. But uh, till my head falls off, um, oh, brother, where art thou? Where is, oh, yeah, all within like the past year, he's just cranking out these covers. His Oh, Do Not Forsake Me from nearly a year ago is him five times over singing in a perfect perfect pitch note for note from the transcription from the dudes who sing on it it's amazing so let's listen to his caribbean cover this is a dude that also just goes all in on what he does let's check it out I know. Uh, the the top comment there is like I feel like you 
really aren't playing those toms. Um, but no, just <laughs> yeah, the this, this, there, yeah. <laughs> this one's just too too much fun. Uh, you know, obviously you really enjoyed it. And then they uh, it goes to like was it say like summer summertime or summer vibes. And when they do the ooh ahs, it like pops up. And the video's awesome. And the it, it's got a good good sound. Doesn't really feel like the song, you know. But I like it. Matt Hemingway, I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, yeah. Seems like a rad dude. Let's listen to the punk one, and uh, we'll forget about that other uke one because this one has uke. We'll play uh, Daryl Till's last because Daryl is awesome, and another friend of mine. We'll start with Kai Pfeiffer and end it with Daryl. That makes sense. Yeah. So a punk cover. Uh, I've played this guy before. Um, so the the site is kxfxhxc.bandcamp.com. <laughs> so. Uh, this band is from the UK, and um, I don't know very much about them. But they did a, a there's there's a seven inch called Cool to Be Uke, which is Descendants covers on ukulele. What? Uh, there's Billy Bragg. There's a Where, Christmas I, one. There's uh, yeah, these might be covers, oh, and then oh, these I'm might be out leftovers. Billy Bragg one right now, Milkman I, of Human Kindness, right there. I oh. know I've talked to this guy, and I'm blanking on his name. I may have to edit it in later. Because uh, I'm embarrassing myself again, but these must be covers, 10 inch. I want to know if they actually put it on on vinyl. The so busy New York City, oh, yes. Sorry. New York City, which is actually by Cub, and a lot of people cover. It. Oh yeah, they they notated it as originally by Cub. Um, they'll need a crane till my head falls off out of jail, birdhouse in your soul, and dead. So some bigger hits. And then I remember they actually contacted me, like, hey, I put out more covers because they knew I had played them before. And gave me a heads up to make sure I knew that they did these other ones. And it's more, uh, these must be leftovers, 7-inch. <laughs> and again, they always say 7-inch or 10-inch. Who knows if they're actually pressing this to vinyls or they just want to sound like uh, they're punk. You gotta, just, um, you just and that has Dr. Worm and Meet James, meet James Ensor, uh, which I think were from that same session, but they just left them off for some reason. So, uh, yeah, well, let's listen to that. I mean, because it, yeah. it's, I, I feel like that's the, uh, that's like, if you're going to do a cover of this song, you gotta, you gotta do a punk rock version of it. That's what, like, the Caribbean yeah. version is very, I was like, wait, what? What? Chip tune? Why were there three chip tune versions of this song? Uh, it, it just, but I guess that kind of, it kind of leans itself towards that. But if I were to do it, the first thing I'd go is like, yeah, turn up the distortion. Yep. Hit the drums really hard. Break your E string. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I think the other direction you could go is full new wave, like make the guitars more jangly, yeah. more like reverb and chorus pedal and stuff like that, and kind of do some sort of affected voice, like or do a Morrissey <laughs> or do a you know a, a you know Cure Robert Smith on it, you know, something like that. Uh, but yeah, this one it rules. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one, Daryl Till. Uh, usually he does his full things by himself, but he he uh, so Leon. 
uh, here. Leon Diggs. Uh, it's actually a fake name, but I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal this person's name. I can't remember what he said. But his friend, who I call the lefty guitarist, because he's done a set as, like, the Johns in a bar where... He actually has a friend that's a left-handed guitarist like Flans, uh, and he plays the accordion, and they did a thing with backing tracks, like full, like total homage, cool. total John's thing, uh, like a mini set. Uh, but this one is him and that friend. Uh, Leon Deggs is the stage name, I suppose. Uh, Astro B on keys and backing vocal, and Leon on lead vocal, guitar, bass, and drums. So let's check out that. it just it's a very fleshed out it's very like well you know well like true to form i guess from the song yeah but uh it's very very smooth you know very faithful it's the most faithful of the covers yeah yeah awesome daryl yeah astral b on soundcloud and youtube uh yeah i just knew him as astral b and then he came on the someone keeps moving my chair episode and we've been uh, you know a year and a half ago we've been best buds ever since uh and i've been helping him with some engineering and producing and mastering stuff um super awesome dude i'm going through here in the thumbnails of the dr evil th- oh goodness great. yeah there's the dr evil one that he did oh. for me he also did yeah oh sh- i shouldn't have closed that he so the ones he's done for me and like some of them he would save until my episode came that came out but i told him i'm like dude just put them up when you finish them so i broke my own, own rule he already covered that song even though it just came out to the public it was released to fan club people which i'm in the ifc fan club so Daryl and I had already known about I Broke My Own Rule for like a month. So he had already learned how to play it. So as soon as They Might Be Giants released it on streaming to the wider public, he's like, I can do a cover. And people are like, how do you do that so fast? <laughs> I'm in the fan club, baby. Four of two he did for me. Four of two I'm doing with my Australian friend. Thunderbird he did for me. Dr. Evil he did for me. Fun Assassin he did for me. So, yeah. He's yeah. like covers by order. I'm like, here's what I'm doing. <laughs> Impressive, yeah. Here's what I'm doing. Here's the menu. What do you What do you want to do? Right? He's uh, red, red dude. I love the picture on his SoundCloud too, with the guitar cable going into his ear. Um, so that's that's it. The last portion is you got to score this song. It's not. It's not my birthday. It's not. <laughs> uh, they'll need a crane. Uh, it's it's not. No answer. Are those your three favorite top three all time? I think so. I think so. Um, I'm gonna I'm give this one an eight out of like it's it's the best song or second best song on Factory Showroom too I think. So, Wait, what's right? the first? Older, right? No, older's not on. Older's on Mink Car and uh, well, it was first on Long Tall. Then it was Exquisite on Mink Dead Car. Guy. Exquisite Dead Guy. The one, Exquisite the one. Dead Guy is a yeah, great yeah, one. Oh yeah. man, I mean, yeah. I'm going higher than you for once. I usually don't go higher than my guests, but this is the song that like, whew, like 
the great production, but it's not overproduced. I mean, I love a full arrangement, but like there's no strings or no, there's just screaming guitar, crazy, awesome keyboard builds, and just the vocal melody matched up with these lyrics that's just perfect to me. This song, oh, and the wiki thinks so too, that Till My Head Falls Off is number four. It is only behind Birdhouse, what? Anna Ng, and Don't Let's Start. It's above She's an Angel. It's above Dr. Worm. Wow. Where Your Eyes Don't Go End the tour. Where Your um, Eyes Don't Go. I put right... Oh, man. Yeah. I think I'm going... You Give it an eight, please. No, I just, no it's definitely well, this eight This is the thing with the giant scale. This isn't a scale compared yep. to like... You know, know, I'm not comparing it to like... I don't know. I wouldn't put it at four... I wouldn't put it as my fourth favorite, but it's high enough for me that it's in the nines. I'm very stingy with my nines. I haven't given a song. It's been seven episodes since I've given something above a nine. And before that, it was like 12 episodes before I gave something a nine. Like, I'm very stingy with them. Have given only like five tens out of 150 episodes. You're giving uh, us a nine? So I'm giving it a 9.5, baby. 9.5? Whoa. Fuck yeah. This, this melody, like... <laughs> As as I dissected it, it in my brain true. and started singing true. it, as I started singing again and remembered playing keyboards on stage with the sinkholes uh, and David Britton, I'm just like, oh my god, this is like the perfect hard rocking pop song. Just like everything about it is great. The lyrics, the melody, how it all syncs up. Linnell just genius at work, right? Like he'd wear the genius at work shirt, and it wouldn't be ironic. Uh, you know, it would be true. Like, he couldn't wear it because it would be too true. Um, it would just be weird and bragging. So, 9.5. So, 9. plug your 5. shit again and tell me a song to play. Uh, Horrendous Acts. Uh, I'm on Bandcamp. Horrendous Acts. A-C-T-S. Uh, on Bandcamp. Yes. Uh-huh. And, um, what do I got? What do I got? Uh, the earlier stuff was a lot of, like, drone, um, dark ambient, kind of dungeon synthy stuff. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. on Alter Self, uh, there's one that's about Godzilla on there that I like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm painting a, I'm painting a, a, a resin model of Godzilla. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that one's called, that one's called Hubris. It's awesome. a short one. Is there? 
Is there time enough? Is there time? There's also songs about a uh, Final Fantasy and just all the all the nice stuff on there. Yeah, but yeah. I try to do a little bit of like a little bit of everything. Um, and we, you and I, I talked about having a an album of like covers. He's like, hey, you know who did that? Simpsons did it. Uh, no, I mean, uh, like that. Like they might be giants have literally done every awesome idea that you know, like. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? So, but uh, can't think of anything because they've already done all the awesome stuff in the world. Uh, yeah, all right. Thanks so much for being on. That was super fun catching up. Super long episode, and I hope people were okay. You know, people can always hit the. They can always skip ahead if they don't want to hear us talk about Columbus, Indiana. Who cares? It's free. Fuck you. It's free. That's the best Midwestern slogan. <laughs> Fuck you. It's free. If you're a Patreon member, I take that back. Um, I love you all, and you know, I'm giving you more content. Like you know, people have not been like. Stop putting out episodes. They're too long. People are like, sure, it's fine. You know, whatever. You can always skip ahead. Hit that 30-second button like 30 times, and then you'll be to the actual They Might Be Giants part <laughs> of this episode. So, uh, yeah, awesome. And hopefully we can see each other in person. You know, I'm fully vaxxed. You're vaxxed, I assume. Yeah. yeah, so, like, let's let's hang. Come up this way. I don't know if we're coming down that way, but we shall see each other in the future, and let's make some music. Let's record or play a show together or something like that. What do you say? Right, Greg sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes, and people can find this might be a podcast all over the place. We got the dot com, we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, Instagram. This might be a pod on Twitter. This might be a pod at Gmail. And leave me a voicemail two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. That number again two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. Cancel at any time. It's free. If you don't like it, <laughs> go listen to one of the other ones. Okay. So I don't know. I'm in a weird mood right now. It's weird. It must have been that monster energy drink. It's making me very extreme. To the extreme. So uh, I'll talk to you later, dude. And yeah, uh, awesome.